Welcome to Click Connect. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. And today, we have got one of my favorite people and one of the top hotel brokers in the state of California, Mr. Rod Apodaca. He is the founder and principal of RJA Hotels, based here in beautiful Orange County, California. So with that, let's bring Rod in. Craig, oh, your, your introductions, I really appreciate that. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. Good. Uh, just for everyone watching, you'll notice I'm in my car right now, and I am not driving. I am in a parking lot, but uh, busy day today, so we figured this would be the best way to do this. So um, appreciate Craig being accommodating. How's that? Absolutely. Thank you for accommodating us with everything that's going on. Hey, Rod, do me a favor. For the few people out there that may not know you, would you tell them about yourself and your new firm, please? Sure. Well, just a quick preamble. I was with CBRE for 10 years. Uh, this, uh, I, I was going to say this last May has been a year anniversary. So May of 2021, went out on my own uh, and hit the ground running. Um, specialized specifically in Southern California, but can handle the rest of the state. Everything from land uh, hotel sites to uh, full service resorts. Um, and uh, same guy, basically the same platform, just uh, a different company name and business card. But uh, uh -huh. great run so far. Well, now you closed off one deal last year, late in Q4, and then you had another seven closings by what, May of this year? So yeah, here and uh, had one closed a couple of weeks ago and we're hopefully going to be an escrow on another deal this week. And um, we can talk about a little bit more maybe later, but we're also uh, just recently launched 300 room embassy suites in Santa Ana. And for those that are in Orange County, everyone knows the asset. It's right off the 55 and Dyer. It's an iconic tower. The Granada style, and you know everyone when they see the uh, the offer memorandum come out. Oh yeah, I know that hotel. So <laughs> that was one of the first embassy suites in California, wasn't it? One of the earlier earlier ones for sure. Um, but being at ten stories and a uh, a staggered balcony structure, it's definitely you know iconic for again anybody that lives in Orange County. Absolutely. So, what was it like? opening up your own firm well i think everyone that's that's done their own thing you know you're you're nervous for a bit and you said well let's see how this goes uh and after nine months i realized oh darn i have to get a website together so the website went up back in back in may or june so um rjahotels.com if you want to look it up um but uh it was interesting. I reached out to all of my clients, let them know what was going on and had a huge positive response. Um, and people would tell me again, this is, you know, self-serving, but people would say, Hey, we call you not the firm you're with. So, you know, nothing's going to change and let's keep doing business together. Good point. And, you know, you and I go back a number well, of years. Um, and you, you've always impressed me because you do your due diligence before you take a listing. You've gone through all the historical data you can find, the Smith Travel Report, I guess you'd say Star Report, I'm dating myself. Uh, 
you know, so it doesn't surprise me that the owner operators and everybody else that you know has followed you because you are, my friend, one of the premier brokers in the state and you've got your finger on the pulse. So what was what was the initial reception from your clients? Did they say it's about time or, you know, wow, that's really great. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, a little combination of all that. Um, surprised it took me so long to do this. Uh, you know, basically, congratulations. It's 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 time for you. I've you know been in this industry for thirty plus years. I hate to admit, my hair has obviously gotten a lot grayer. And, um, but uh, no, it it was a very good response. My biggest concern was dealing with the institutional players. Right. Uh, obviously, I could bring offers, but on the list side, so. Um, I've had the opportunity now to talk with a number of those, the big players, and it looks like there's probably opportunity coming my way here in the next few months. But again, it's all been good. Um, database absolutely didn't change. It's all the same people. Delivery method of getting the assets out to market is extremely identical or similar. So, um, clients have been again, very receptive. It, it, the hardest part was just making sure they had my right email address. Other than that, it was a pretty smooth transition. It was very happy and, and grateful for that, uh, for both the uh, attention and respect I was getting from my clients. So it was all good. Well, you know, as as it should be. I mean, you're known for getting deals closed. You're known, you've, you've taken on some difficult dirt deals. I mean, which all of a sudden, you know, you dove into that with both hands. I don't know if that was you know, a forced scenario or something. You said, oh, I'm a little bored. Let me look at this. But, you know, you got real good at dirt deals real quickly and you were still, you know, touring hotels and taking listings on other assets. So you've got all the bases covered and you knew the development teams, you know, who to talk to and, you know, get uh, the well, brand guys the, elevated. Yeah, on the dirt side, just a little bit more background. So I was with Trammell Crow for a number of years on the development side. and right. Right debt and capital um, and understood the timelines and the process. So when people approached me about looking at hotels as a development, you know, I did have some guidelines from the past that, you know, I, I did know, but there was a learning curve on depending on which city you're in, what challenges you were going to meet. Um, and that's, as you referenced earlier, part of the homework. Uh, if, if someone's going to come in and either want to sell a piece of dirt in a certain piece of, of uh, in a certain part of the, Southern California, or we're looking to get into a certain part of Southern California, it's very critical to know what the mindset is of the city and how receptive they're going to be and what challenges you're going to find. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to uh, to go to a city and they say, you know, we want to see this thing tomorrow and then discover it's going to take three years to get through the city council, planning department, zoning. And as you can imagine, during COVID, everything was via like this through some type of zoom call and they were open maybe four days a week. And there were only certain windows of the week where you could contact them. Right. So some very big challenges. Um, but you know, again, now in our current environment, specifically because of interest rates, uh, which might be a transition here for you. Um, it's, it's become even more of a challenge. Cost of construction, cost of materials is, is all on top of everyone's mind on whether or not we can get deals done. You know, it's funny. I, you know, we we've had some some builders, uh, you know, GCs. You know, that I've been talking to lately, and you know, especially after the hurricane situation in Florida. I mean, is everything but being diverted there to get an semblance of life again, like they need? 
and what's the pricing and, and the timing delays that we're going to see added on top of the year to two year push that we had because of COVID-19. So I, I think that's going to be very interesting to watch and see what happens because you've got a lot of construction loans out there that are going to be hanging around a lot longer than what they anticipated just because of material problems. And I think for the most part, your FF&E packages are, are getting back on track. Um, you know, they're getting stuff off the, the, the container ships, you know, in both the San Pedro and Port of Los Angeles. And so I think that's going to going to help move some things forward. But what are you hearing from the owners out there? They've got pips. They've got ground up. They've got repositioning coming up. You know, what are you hearing on all that? Well, on the development side, um, a lot of groups are willing to wait right now if they can get the, the site tied up. Uh, materials, depending on which, uh, we've seen anywhere from from 50 bips to 100 bips increase in, in pricing on certain uh, certain development materials. Uh, because of that, you've seen some retrades going on, um, and this now is more on a, on, a, on a regional scale, Western United States, where you might see the bids come down maybe as much as 15 to 20 percent, depends. Um, fortunately, on a number of the land deals I've worked on, my buyers are of the mindset, we'll just wait this out, and it's an ideal location, uh, and we're willing to spend a market value for the site, even though we may not put a shovel on the ground for another 18 months or so. Um, but, you know, from a timeline standpoint, that actually probably works out well, and I can, there's so much minutia in a lot of these deals, but uh, getting through the final of the entitlement process could take you 12 to 18 months. So their timeline works out well. Um, a lot of these groups, uh, because it is land, the purchase price is obviously more manageable from an all cash standpoint. So they will pay all cash to hold on to the sites. Uh, kind of moving on now to existing deals and, and timing on the pips and many, maybe any just type of CapEx, it has become a, a time challenge um recently I've, I've got a deal where we had to replace some elevator parts and what used to be a week to two weeks to get the parts was almost six weeks and again that's all our distribution systems and backlog and you know it, it all boils back to COVID. unfortunately even after all this time where staffing is not back again distribution systems if they're electronic there's a real big challenge on on getting um you know all of your software done or all of your your uh, your parts so uh, there is a delay, um, but we're all seem to be getting through it. And again, depending on the asset and the location, and, and I have the benefit of being in Southern California, so people are willing to uh, kind of bite the bullet and realize that if I want to get into an asset or get something done, I maybe have to pay a little bit more today. But I do know based on our history, it's going to be back and it's going to be strong and it's just uh, getting control of the asset. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's talk about it. what are you seeing out there? Because we've got a lot of capital that's been on the sidelines. We've got our friends over at Blackstone that are, you know, discreetly, supposedly buying hotel debt. Uh, you know, they're getting a little bit of a, you know, price reduction on these notes. So, you know, what, what's going on out there? What are you seeing for note sales? And what are you hearing from your owner operators and management companies? Well, with respect to our owners and operators, there's there's obviously nervousness if you've got a, uh, a price or interest rate adjustment coming up in the next 12 to 18 months, especially if you don't have any type of 
cap or swap opportunities. Right. So there is some definite concern. And, you know, like any other regional market, everything's sus subject to what your submarket is. If you're uh, in the Anaheim Resort District or if you're coastal, um, and certain areas of the Inland Empire still continue to perform extremely strong and can weather a raise in interest rates. But you do have a number of, of owners that are starting to scratch their head and hoping they can weather the next 24 months. And, um, you know, it's interesting. We had forbearance during COVID. The thought did come up is that, uh, you know, borrowers may start going to the banks and saying, what can you do to help me? Right. Um, if their note hasn't been sold, banks, as we've learned, from back in, you know, now I'm dating myself back to 07 and 08, do not want to take the assets back. So right. they may be more willing to work with you on some type of um, deferral or, you know, some way to protect you during the short term. But we'll see how it all plays out. But there is absolutely nervousness out there. Well, I also think that, you know, if, if you don't have to refinance right now, okay, if you're being forced into it because of a, a bump or your loan's coming due, it sucks. There's no other way of putting it. It sucks. But, you know, again, you know, you and I have seen the trials and tribulations and the peaks and valleys. And if you've got a good relationship with, say, someone like our friend, like Robert Lowe over at East West Bank or Keegan Bish, you know, they're still getting deals done. Are they saying no? Yeah, they are. Uh, but, you know, if you've been upfront with them and worked with them and kept them advised, uh, they're going to work with you. Um, One of the keys that, as, as we talked, like uh, I just went through a call for offers on a 60-ish million dollar deal. And, you know, the standard questions, which are more important today, is tell me about your capital stack. What's right. your cost of debt? What are you doing with the brand? Um, but the capital stack is the key. And what I'm finding is that there are still plenty of owners out there, buyers, that have relationship lenders, their balance sheet type lenders that can still get very attractive interest rates. Yeah. Uh, we closed the deal uh, in Buena Park last month that I was shocked. He lost his interest rate cap through the due diligence process and we're all sweating going, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? Wow. And because of his relationship with the bank, ended up with a loan under 5% and that was last month, right? Wow. If, if you look at where a, a lot of quotes are coming out today, um, I just had a conversation this morning where we're seeing SOFR plus five and a half. Yeah. And is SOFR's approaching 4%? Really, you're looking at a nine and a half percent loan when we were maybe, you know, sub six and potentially sub four, or excuse me, sub five, just what, six months ago? Months so now. a real big dynamic shift. But again, if the asset is desirable enough, people seem to find a way. Well, they do. And I think, you know, we've we've got a lot of different avenues out there. I mean, it's not just strictly the bridge and mes debt. You've, you've also got that C-Pace loan. Um, again, our friends, you know, over at Stonehill been able to, you know, do dual funding. Part of it's C-Pace, part of it's a traditional mortgage. So I, I think, yeah, I think capital stack right now and they're in the performance on the capital stack side is absolutely critical. And what are you seeing for due diligence now? I mean, is it is it 10 days? Is it 15 days? A 30-day close? A 60-day close? What are, what are we looking at now? You just closed uh, 
deal. So I, I figure you're the you're in the know on all that timing right now. Yeah, it depends how tough the hotel is. Um, you know, I've done deals where, you know, the properties call it 15 years plus and everything in the building is that old, which means you're going to have major PIP, you know, requirement. Um, but with respect to the due diligence timeline, it's still fairly typical. I'm, I'm still seeing 30 days. I mean, it, it, unless you've lost staff, it shouldn't take you that much longer. The big challenge is making sure you're able to secure your debt on the back end. So as opposed to a real change of, of due diligence timeline, where I'm seeing is that they may still ask for a 30 day close, but they're probably going to ask for at least one, if not two 30 ish day extensions. Um, the attitudes from my owners have been, that's fine. We understand the condition of the marketplace, but if you're going to participate on this deal, we want some level of confidence that you're going to get to the finish line because certainty is just barely behind pricing on, on uh, when you're putting in your offers. So uh, what we are seeing are groups that are willing to obviously go hard at the end of their due diligence period. Uh, but also if they want those extensions to make sure they're going to get the debt, uh, we're requiring hard money, you know, prove to us that you really are confident that your lender is going to stay with you and get to the finish line. And these are not just, additional deposits of you know five or ten grand they're a million to two million per extension so it's it's serious dollars that you're going to commit to express to your seller that hey i'm your guy and i'm going to get to the finish line i'm for real yeah i mean and i think you're justified in asking for that you know i think it's going to weed out the people that you know are the quick we're gonna slap on some paint maybe a new you know, property management system and take it back to market. And, you know, so I, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's the right thing to do. Well, plus um, the, the days of free, free flowing equity are, are long behind us. I mean, there, there was a, a big time in our industry where a buyer would come in and type the asset, didn't have his capital, didn't have his equity stacked together. Right. Right. Still out searching for partners. So, um, you know, buyers that are in 1031s or buyers that have uh, extremely large discretionary funds um, or, you know, are sitting on a bit of capital have a lot of weight, a lot of strength in coming in and making offers on deals. Again, because it's always about price with a very close behind certainty of getting to that finish line. There you go. Now, with all your sales right now, which ones are you seeing the most activity for on a sale? Is it an urban full service, a boutique, you know, select service anywhere and extended stay? What are you what are you seeing out there? What are you doing? Well, select service and extended stay are always, at least my experience, has been um, primary targets for buyers. Uh a lot of reasons, but the basic ones and pretty simple is that they're more efficient from operations. A lot of people don't be um, the room count is generally more manageable. It's much easier to, to fill a 150 room hotel versus a 400 room hotel. Um, so, you know, a big overarching statement would be select service and extended stay full service. It's all about location. It's yeah. all about my Anaheim uh, resort asset walking distance to Disneyland Park, walking distance right. to the convention center. We got flooded with tours uh, and offers. It was ex extremely successful campaign. Um, you know, we typically schedule our tours once a week, call it from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Right. Uh, and generally the very first tour is the weakest one attended. It's just how it goes. 
Well, on this particular asset, I started getting phone calls. And on the very first tour, we started at eight in the morning and finished at seven thirty at night. So, and, and back to back, I did not have a break the entire time and all four weeks of the tours, uh, with one exception, were pretty much back to backs and starting earlier than what anticipated and ending later than anticipated. So it's, it's all a market driven. It's all product driven. Um, the deal I mentioned, the embassy suites, um, has upside in operations has, uh, does need quite a bit of CapEx. Yeah. But I think the people that are looking at it and that are getting the OM, they're looking at the financials and going, what's going on here? Uh, and, you know, the ultimate answer is from them is like, oh, I see what's going on. And that, therefore, we think we need to take a hard look at this because there's opportunity. So, you know, if it's a full service hotel and not to, um, you know, bash a city, but, uh, you know, call it somewhere in a secondary location where there's really not a demand generators. Right. It's going to be a hard sell. You're going to have to look at discounts. Um, and with, again, cap rates moving the way they're moving, even their lenders are going to look at those with a little bit of a jaundiced eye wondering, well, you know, how aggressive do we want to be on our underwriting? So, um, you know, fortunately, we're taking deals that have high interest and, and good opportunity. And so uh, at least right now, I'm not seeing any delays, but there's no right. reason to believe that it wouldn't happen with the wrong asset. So just for my own edification, when you're doing tours back to back to back from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., <laughs> towards the tail end or the middle of that day, are you starting to rephrase things because you're tired of saying the same thing over and over again? Or do you just stick to the script and, and maybe just change the order? Yeah, a little of both, you know. It, and the thing is, you do the tour, you, you've got your rooms lined up, you've got... right your path all set, right? And you yeah. can change it if you want, but it's just easier. And what what does happen, you do change your presentation a little bit because as you're going through the tours, you're hearing the comments, right. you know, from your prospects as, as you walk the assets. So you kind of can anticipate a question about the ballroom, you know, where's, where's, where do they store all the furniture? How old is it? What's with the carpet? You know, tell me about the elevators. So you do tend to modify as you go through, but at the end of the day, you're chugging a little bit more water um, you kind of feel like maybe I'm going through the motions a little bit, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, you deal with it the best you can. You're it's a trooper. You've done it for, you know, a long time. So yeah. You do get a sense of, is someone just here kicking the tires and trying to figure out what's going on in the market? Cause they may have an asset down yeah. the street. Right. And in those instances, you start asking the questions back. It's like, okay, tell me about your capital stack. You know, what are you thinking about underwriting? What are your options on this deal? When they start to stumble, you're like, all right, let's see if I can keep this hour tour to 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, Rod, we're having such a good time. I'm going to break this up into two episodes. So um, I want to thank you. Hang in there. We're going to get another episode filmed in just a second, but we're going to put you into the green room right now. Thanks. Hey, look at this. Great information from one of the best brokers in the state of California. We're having such a good conversation. We're making this a two-part episode. So catch Rod's part two. And I thank you all very much for joining us. And I also want to thank our production partners, Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. If you're looking for a new brand, give our friends at Red Roof a call. Hey. Every deal counts, and you've got to be able to close on time. Call our friends at Chicago Titles National Commercial Services Group. 
They have a specific hospitality practice to help you get your deals closed on time. So with that, I will see you in the next episode. And you know that I'd love to say this. Be kind. Share your knowledge. Now go be amazing. Be amazing.